0: Well, we are back and continuing in our series, Life to the Fullest. This is week three. It's so good to have you here. If you're joining us, I'm so glad that you're here in person, also online. It's been great to hear from some of you who are saying, you know, we continue to watch online. We're there with you every week. I'm so glad that you're a part of what's happening here at Meadow Park and joining in on this series. The series is called Life to the Fullest. Life to the Fullest, a phrase you're gonna hear over and over here at Meadow Park because it is at the core, at the heart of who we are as a church, This was Jesus, what he was saying to us is saying, I have come to give you life to the fullest, life in all of its abundance. And so here at Meadow Park, we've made that our mission. If that's why Jesus Christ came, we want every single person, every one of you here, everyone watching to experience life to the fullest in Christ. And so that's our mission statement, so I want you to say that with me today, our mission statement, because this is important for all of us to know, that we will do, say it with me, doing whatever it takes to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. Let's say that again, doing whatever it takes to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. Did you say it at home, too? Did you see it? Say it while you're watching on the phone. I'm... I know, nobody's around, but you gotta say it. By when we say it, right, it helps us remind us of what this is about, life to the fullest in Christ. And in this series, we're exploring how do we experience that life? How do we find that life to the fullest? Because what we're seeing in this world, and so many of us are also caught in this, is we have lives that are full, but unfulfilling. Right, our lives are jam-packed. We're doing so much, we're squeezing everything in. We're in this pursuit of, of, of life to the fullest. I want it, But I think, you know, we think, can we find it by just doing more? But if we're not doing more of the right things, if we're not pursuing it in the right ways, we're not gonna experience that. We're gonna just feel overfull. We're gonna feel burdened down. And so what we're looking at in the series are these three foundational soul longings, longings that are hardwired into us, the longing to belong, to believe, and to become. The longs to belong, believe, and become, because these are hardwired into us. And as we've been hearing already through the life groups and, 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 and what we heard in that video, this, this idea that we are not meant to journey alone. This belonging is a part of who we are. And so as a, as a church, we see these three pieces, belong, believe, and become, tying together. We have this image for you here of these three circles that overlap. And in these three circles, as this is happening, as we're experiencing belonging, believing, and becoming, we're experiencing life to the fullest in Christ. And we don't just do one and then move on to the other. They're all happening at the same time. And so I ask you, do you have a place and do you know that you belong? A place to call home, a family to be a part of that you are connecting with and doing life together with. What about your believing? Do you know what you believe? Are you grounded in that truth? Are you spiritually alive? And are you living out that love? Are you becoming who God created you to be? And as we do all three of those, we move closer and closer to Christ and the life that he intended for us. And so while last week we talked about belonging, next week we're gonna talk about becoming, today I wanna talk about believe. What does it mean to believe? What does it mean to be spiritually alive and growing? That this part of us, could you say right now as you sit here, I am spiritually alive and I am growing. Is that something that you could say? That I know, that I know what I believe. I I feel that vitality in my spirit. Now, if we had a you know a, a survey here, we did a range. Maybe in your mind, you think about one being completely like dead inside, nothing going on, like no pulse, no heartbeat, not physically but spiritually. It's just you're lost, you're unsure, you don't know anything. That that, that would be at a one, and maybe at, at a ten, you're going, man, I I just right now I'm I'm I just man, I love being in worship, I love Jesus, I feel so alive, his spirit is in me. I mean, life may not be going all swimmingly, but I know what I know and I hold on to that truth. God is good, it is well in my soul. One thing I know is that we are all somewhere in that range today, right? We're all in that range somewhere today. I don't know where you find yourself, I don't know where you find yourself, but our heart and desire is to grow spiritually. We all want to be spiritually alive. We have a soul inside of us, a soul that longs to know what we believe, who we belong to, what this is all about, and to feel that vitality that comes when we're alive on the inside, when we're alive spiritually. I know for me, I, I, I have been probably in every one of those stages from one to 10 in my life. And it's not just that it's a consistent path of, and I started at one, then I went to two, and I'm working my way up. If you have been a believer for any length of time, you know that sometimes you feel on top of the world, you feel like God couldn't be closer. And you know at other times, even many years after walking with God, sometimes you go, God, are you there? Do you see what I'm going through? Do you see the difficulty? God, are you there? Or maybe you have doubts? I'm a pastor, and I still have doubts at times. There are times where I struggle through, and I go, really? Really? This is crazy. This is what I do for a living. Like, I gotta get up in front of people and teach the word of God, and there's moments where I'm thinking, like, I struggle, but you know what? I come back again and again and again, and even in this past year. You know, if I read through my journal, I do that periodically. I'm not a huge journaler, but maybe like once a month or every couple weeks or once every three months, I kind of keep track, and I, and I, I read where I'm at, and I see times where it's just like, in this last year, there were times where I just felt like I was more in neutral in my faith. It wasn't that I was dead inside, and it wasn't that I was on, on fire, it was just one of those where I, I entered more of a season where it's just faith and, and knowledge and obedience and just kind of going, I don't always feel it, but God, I know it to be true, and I know this is what you have for me. I know you're there. It wasn't a doubt, but it was also, uh, sometimes I'm just not feeling all that passionate, but I come together and I come to a place of worship and I gather around some of you and, I've, and I, I get your faith that encourages me as, as much as at times I hope I can encourage you in your walk. Hope we don't pull each other down, <laughs> right? But that's the beauty of the church. But we're in different places and different spaces. And so I ask you today, what, where are you in that range of one to 10? That might be a great conversation to have around the lunch table, maybe in your life group and, or, or with your family. And say, what does it look like to be spiritually alive and growing? And that's what I wanna talk about today. And we're gonna do a, a deep dive and, and I'm gonna try to cover a lot of stuff today. So are you guys ready for a lot of stuff today? Fire hydrant drinking today, okay? Um, because if we're talking about believe, that's a lot to cover in one sermon, right? I mean, there's the, we, we preach and teach and do classes and read books and I mean, to try to cover this. So I wanna give you, today I wanna give you a big picture narrative of what we believe, what the Bible teaches to help us understand the big story I wanna talk about some of the stages of faith, stages of discipleship that you might find yourself in in relation to that story. And I wanna talk about what we as a church are gonna, doing to help you in that journey, to help you experience life to the fullest, especially in this journey of believing. So are you ready for this? All right, all right, we're gonna jump into this and I'm gonna figure out where I am here in my notes to so make sure I can follow along. We're gonna talk about the big story. You ready for the big story? Because if we're talking about what is it that we believe, what is it that we understand? So if you don't know anything about faith or Christianity or God, or you're searching, you're seeking, you're in the right place today. And I hope you're in the right place every week because this is a place where you can learn and grow in your faith so that we can understand where do we fit in, this existential question, what do I believe? What is this all about? What, what is life all about? Where do we come from? Where are we going? What is truth? Ready to cover all this stuff today? You're gonna know all it. it, it It's a lot to think about. But at the core of who we are as a church, centered in Christ, this understanding of the story of the narrative is so important. You know what what, what is amazing to me uh, today? I don't know if you saw it online or in the news, but uh, Harvard University has a new chaplain. A chaplain who does not believe in God. A chaplain who is an atheist. And you kind of go, okay, that chaplain and atheist does not seem to go together for me. But he was unanimously voted on by 40 other chaplains in the university. And so while we as believers and those in the church might go, I can't believe that, and it blows my mind that this would be the person that Harvard students and others would maybe go to to find direction and guidance in in someone who believes in, in humanism and who believes in the importance of other people and what we learn and that truth. I don't know all the different beliefs, but it's not the belief in God. But before we kinda throw that out, we have gotta realize there's a lot of that happening in our world today. There's a lot of people who are struggling with faith, who are struggling with religions, who are, who are identifying as nons, non-believers, non, non, uh, not a part of any religion. And so that's part of the reality that we see. But what we see is the searching of, okay, where do we fit in, what is this all about? And while there are a lot of religions and different viewpoints, I'm here to tell you today, what is it that we believe? and what is it that I believe you can bank your life on, that you will be searching forever and always until you understand this story and your place in this story. And through this story, you will experience life to the fullest. Not life without problems, not life without challenges or difficulty, but life that is rich, where you can say, it is well in my soul. So let's look at the big story, you ready? It begins with, the first part is creation. So as we look at stories, this is creation. You're going, oh, we got a long ways to go, guys. We're just at creation here today, okay? So, <laughs> Scott, I saw you looking at your watch over there. I see you looking, yeah, you timing me. All right, all right, we're good. Creation, we're gonna, we're gonna go for a marathon here. In the beginning, <laughs> God created. In the beginning, God created. This is so important. We don't just come to church and instantly go, okay, it's Jesus and the cross. we got to understand the big picture. The big picture is that there is a story, there is a creator, there is a God that was there in the beginning, before our time ever existed. We'll be there for all eternity. That this is the God who we believe. That in the beginning there was God. Even for those who don't believe or or who have other ideas of evolution and Big Bang and microcosmic theories and quantum and whatnot and dust particles and explosions and... Everyone ultimately comes to this question, well, what was before that, right? Where did that come from? So no matter how far back you go, at some point, the beauty of the faith that we believe in is that there is a God who has a purpose and a design, and he created, in the beginning, God created a beautiful world. And so this is a God who loves beauty and creation, and he put us, man, in the middle of that world, man and woman, Adam and Eve, together in relationship with each other and with him. And it was good and so we have this picture of this wholeness of creation and 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 creation is described by this word wholeness it was the way it was intended it was the way that god longed for to be in relationship to be filled with beauty and life to give us purpose and, and caring for the world and for each other and being in relationship walking with god living for all eternity life was at the core of creation and wholeness and there was this love relationship that was so inherent in that And that love relationship, though, came with a dilemma at some level, because you can't have love without it being a choice, without love being a free will, of being something that otherwise God would have created robots that had to love, and is that really love when you have to love? And so free will was part of that creation, the choice to love, the choice to be a part of that. And so in the center of the the Garden of Eden, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that fruit. And what begins to happen, and we know, the serpent enters the picture. That we live in a world where it's not just um, just all beauty, but there's also evil. There's also deception. There's also sin that enters in. And so, what we see in the garden, sin enters in. Sin and separation is the next part here. And this is where we see that that this rift came between God and man as disobedience entered. And because of that, sin and separation, because of that temptation, now we entered the fall. The fall. This is the second big movement in scripture that that when there's disobedience from God, when there's separation in that relationship, that now they were no longer in the garden. And out of the fall come death, right? Comes death and brokenness. Death and brokenness. And as we live in that state, this this is where we live. This is where we find ourselves in this world. That we live in a broken world. Who among us can argue with this, no matter who you ask, that there is death and brokenness in our world? Can we all agree on that? Everywhere we look, I have not met anyone yet who lives forever besides our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came on this earth and and lived forever. At least, and even on this earth, he didn't stay forever, right? Anyone that has walked this earth is no longer here. At some point, there is death. Now, there's hope after this, we'll talk about it a little bit, but but death is the reality. Brokenness is the reality. Romans 3.23 says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. This is where we all are. We're all in the state of fallenness, of brokenness, of death. Scripture also tells us for the wages of sin is death. That's the the reality, and so we are paying this price of death at every single one of us. Every one of us as our bodies decay, as we live in this brokenness, and we experience this, this separation. And what happens when we live in this state of separation and sin, death and brokenness, the state of the fall, But we find ourselves, and there's the searching, they're going, what is this all about? Where is the hope, where is the meaning, what are the answers, and we spend our lives searching and seeking, and people are searching and seeking because there's gotta be some way to get back to wholeness for what we were created to experience. And yet in this fallen state, we continue to come back that no matter what we're looking for, whether it's human relationships, whether it's success, whether it's just uh, academic achievement, whether it's the most amazing experiences in the world, In the end, none of those will keep us from experiencing brokenness. None of those will bring us the wholeness that we long for. And here comes the crux, comes the the center focus point of our our belief and our faith is that it's not just creation, it's not just the fall, but it's redemption. It's the redemption. This is the heart and soul, the center of what we believe as followers of Jesus Christ. That the God of the universe looked down on us and he said, I want relationship with you. Last week we talked about the incarnation, right? That Jesus came to this world to show us in person who he is, that he longs to be in relationship with us. Just as that scripture said, for the wages of sin is death. What does it say after that? But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, there's a life that comes, there's a hope that Jesus brings, and it's this redemption that, that, that he came to bring us, to show us that there is life that can flow out of this, and what, what flows out of that is, is life and being born again. Coming out of this redemption, there it is, life, born again, right, we, we go from death into life. Jesus said humans can only give birth to human life, but the spirit gives life to the spirit. And so Jesus himself said, no one will enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. Is that some old church phrase? No, it's a biblical phrase. It's Jesus' phrase that we must be born again in the spirit, that there's a new life that comes, that we don't have to stay in the fall and in the brokenness, but a new life can emerge, that anyone who believes is saved. In Romans it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's the good news. This is what we talk about. The good news is that salvation has come, that you wanna know how to experience life eternal? You believe that Jesus is God eternal, born of a virgin, came to earth to forgive our sins, to go on this journey, to die on a cross as a sinless man, and to then be buried and raised to new life, the empty tomb. This is the heart of what we believe that there is life after death, there is life eternal, and we can have that life in Christ. How do you experience that? You put your faith in Christ. You surrender your life and say, God, this is what I believe. I confess you as my savior and my Lord. And you take that step and you believe it in your heart and life transformation begins to happen. It's like life flows back into that brokenness into that death of the heart, and you, you come spiritually alive. So many countless other of you here this morning and that have come through this church that are watching have experienced what it means to, to have that life take root. And so we begin, and that's called salvation. That's beginning in that new life, and so we, if you're in this place of seeking and searching, this is the crux where so many either get hung up on, as scripture says, Christ has become the stumbling block. Sometimes this is the hurdle, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but. This is the narrative of the big story that Jesus came. And then he calls us and he says, those who believe and are baptized will be saved, Jesus says in Mark 16, 16. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved. So baptism is a huge part of what we celebrate here at the church. It's declaring publicly before all that that I am all in. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, I have a new life, and all of a sudden now you're on a new trajectory of life, life being born again. But it doesn't just Stop there. Out of the redemption comes restoration. Restoration, and this is the state that we live in. This is the state of restoration where, where God is continuing to do new things. 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. See, we think about eternity as being something after we die. But do you know that for the person who believes, eternity already has begun? We don't wait to die to experience eternity. We no longer have a fear over death because new life has begun now. That's that being born again of the spirit and that spirit will not die, that spirit lives with Christ. And so in redemption though now, we we, we come and experience that life and in restoration, as we come to experience that restoration, now it's Jesus restoring our life through and through. It's where we walk on this journey and, and the words that I would describe that with is spirit and truth. Learning to walk in spirit and truth. Scripture talks about the Holy Spirit being resident in us. That we are no longer live according to the flesh, but we live with the spirit in us. And that when we follow the spirit, it transforms us. It changes the way we live, the way we think, the, the fruit of the spirit in Galatian. It leads us to experience love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's a transformed person. That's, that's the Holy Spirit leading us into a new life. That's, that's the restoration that can happen in us. And the scripture tells us that, that when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we should walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide every step of our lives. And so this is when we walk in that spirit and truth. The spirit, this reality that we live in a new kingdom and a new reality and we have a truth, we have the truth. Jesus Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so as we walk in that, we begin to walk out our lives, and this is a daily, lifelong journey of living in the spirit and in the truth. When we come into worship, we gather in spirit and in truth. We're not just here to hear the truth of scripture, we're here to enter into the presence of God, of both spirit and truth working together transforming us into a new being and you know where that leads us back to it leads us back to being the new creation it leads us back to wholeness it leads us back to the way that god designed the for humanity the desire for him to for us to love him and to be in that relationship with him it is transformative and jesus said in revelation we read behold i make all things new this is the hope. So the question comes as we look at the story. This is the big story. So how do I do? How do I do, Scott? Time wise, am I good? All right, cover the whole Bible. All right, good. We got it. So now you guys got this. Just know, remember these four movements. If anybody wants to to know what is it that you believe, and and this is where we find ourselves. This is where we have to say and go. All right, where am I in the story? Do I even believe this story? And so we look at, I want to talk now briefly about the stages of faith or or where we are as we grow in, in our faith. So some of us, and maybe watching online, maybe here in the room, you're saying, you know what? I, I don't believe this story. I'm, I'm not sure that's the story. Or, you know, I'm searching and I'm seeking and I'm trying to find out. Let me see. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the story. It word explains some of the separation that I feel, the death, the brokenness. But this is where we are as, as unbelievers, as those who are searching and seeking for truth. We live in the reality of the fall, that we live in this broken world, and so we are forever searching and seeking answers, whether it's another religion, whether it's in humanism, whether it's in some, some new age or the latest guru and what they have, or if it's in self-help books, or if it's in some online person that has all the answers, or whether it's in reading cards, or who knows what, we're looking for something to give us an anchor. And the wall that we hit when we're in this stage is this barrier of Christ. But here's the thing, the barrier and the brokenness is the very thing that God uses to bring us and draw us to himself. We cannot come to Christ unless we're broken. We cannot come to Christ unless we're lost, unless we feel utterly in despair and saying, God, I I, I need rescue. Now it doesn't mean your life has to be going bad and and you can have a great life, you can have a successful life, but inwardly knowing there is a restlessness in my soul. How do I feel that? How do I get healing? How do I deal with the the, the brokenness in this world, the brokenness in my own life? The sin that's there, it is through relationship with Christ. And I wanna say to you as a church, if you're in the stage of seeking or unbelief, again, I am so glad you are here. I'm so glad you're listening and watching because this is the search Scripture says you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So the seeking leads to finding. This is part of the journey. We're here to help as we teach these messages, as we dive into God's word, you continue to to learn and to think and to pray and ask God, show yourself to me, reveal yourself to me and watch what happens on this journey. But there comes a point in time where we ask and we challenge, cross the line of faith, take that step. And sometimes belief grows over a long period of time and all of a sudden you're like, I believe in Jesus, I do. I don't know when that moment happened, but I, but I do. It could be something that just happened over time. And other times, it's like this moment that just hits you out of the blue. It's like a smack in the face, a punch in the gut. It's like this awareness, like, yes, God is real, and I, I, I throw my life on God. Other times, you're at the end of your rope. You have nowhere else to go, and it's a desperation. God, if you're there, please, I give you my life. I surrender, and watch what happens as that seed of faith takes root. That's transformation. And I pray that every single one of us in this room and watching online, people that come through the door would ultimately come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, to become a new believer, become somebody who has said, you know what, I believe. I believe I've been forgiven, I have been set free, and now I live for Christ. Take that step of, and, and, and as a church, we're here to help you cross that line of faith. We have these, these, these prayer response, message response areas in the, in the back where you see some candles lit. There's places to, to write down prayer requests. You can come before service or after service and pray with somebody. And we wanna just help you respond and, and cross that line of faith. We have a resource. That we wanna give you a brand new Bible with steps to take in, as you begin this journey. We'd love to meet with you as pastors. Nothing would delight us more than to get a phone call or to have a conversation and say, help me in my journey of faith. I'm just a new believer. We wanna help you. We created a, we're going to be launching a starting point class, starting mid-September, September September 15th. Eight weeks, if you are a new or newer believer, maybe in your first five years of faith, to help you get some of those foundational steps to take those steps in faith and go, I want to be grounded and rooted in faith. If you're a new believer, the next step to take is, have you been baptized? Baptism, we say, is all in, right? I've died to my old life, I'm being raised to new life, as I come out of the water, I'm I'm representing what Christ did in my life to everyone around me. I'm sharing that. I'm declaring that. Some of you have put your faith in Christ, but you've never been baptized. I'm too old to be baptized. I'm too embarrassed now. These years, people think I'm a Christian, and if I got baptized, would they think I'm not? And you have all this stuff running through your head. Do I really have to go underwater? Do I really have to go in front of the church? Just do it. Just do it. Trust me, it's a beautiful thing and it's an obedience to Christ and we celebrate that as a church. We celebrate that as the church, large church, all churches, not just Beto Park. When people come to faith in Christ, being a new believer is such an exciting stage of faith and growth in the journey. It's like your world opens up. You begin to see what you didn't see before. You have new eyes and new experience and the joy is there. But we don't want to stay at the stage of just new believer, right? So many times people say, you know, Jesus is my savior and we move on, I'm saved, check, I'm good. Is that really what Jesus intended? But what happens sometimes we're new believers and even Jesus taught a parable of that seed of faith that we have can get plucked up. All of a sudden things crowded out and maybe old habits and old patterns or old friends or the doubt sets in. Maybe you stop coming to church, you're not reading the Bible and all of a sudden you start wondering, was it really faith? And all of a sudden it's just kind of like this drift What happened is you made Jesus your savior, but you never made him your Lord. Lord over every part of your life. Baptism, what we love about all in is we're saying every single part of me, not just some of me, all of me, God, it's all in. It all has to be redeemed and renewed in you and you you have the right to speak into my finances, into my relationships, into my sex life, into my friendships, into my marriage, into my my work world. You have the right, I surrender every part to understand your truth and your Spirit's guidance in that. This is now moving from new believer to growing believer. to saying, how do I become a disciple who is learning what it means to walk and step with the Spirit every step of the way? Now again, in this stage, even though you've been a believer for many years, so many things can, can become hindrances. You know, that initial joy rubs off. You know, just like the honeymoon period of your faith, and you realize, you know what? I still have to pay my mortgage. I still have these debts. My illness didn't go away. I still struggle in this relationship. It doesn't magically cure everything. You still have the challenges of life, but now you're having to wrestle with, how do I leverage my faith and and, and God's spirit into all these places to bring restoration? You begin to walk that out and you live that out, but these hurdles and these walls come all of a sudden tragedy strikes and the faith that you've professed is now tested like never before. When you're faced with death or disease or or just financial ruin. And we have these hurdles and we have these walls and do we just stop? What do we do? Well, again, we're here as a church. How do we help one another in this journey of faith? What is this discipleship process? Not just being a new believer, but growing in that. You've gotta get connected. We talk about these life groups. You've got to get around other believers to help you in this journey, to be a part of that. And to say, you know, how can we care and help one another? And then we, a new thing that we're really excited to launch this fall is called growth tracks. Growth tracks. Because we feel like, you know, our small groups, our life groups, they meet a very important purpose of being in relationship and talking about faith and praying and studying together. But there are times in our life where we need a specific emphasis or maybe dive a little deeper into a certain topic or an area of Christian living. And so beginning September 15th, our growth tracks are launching here on, on Wednesday nights. They, they run for about you know, six to eight weeks. We'll do one in the fall. We'll do another set in the spring. We've got five courses that are a part of that this, this fall. And maybe you're dealing in a season of grief right now. We, we have a, called, it's called Grief Share, to help you walk through that with other, with other believers, understanding God's word and how to deal with grief. We're talking about Financial Peace University. How do I handle my finances in a God-honoring way? How can I grow in generosity and really learn what, what Scripture says Now to handle my money, God's money, His way? We're going to talk about the starting point that I mentioned. New believers, as you begin, maybe you're earlier in your faith and you, or you just want a refresher, step into that class and say, I want to learn these foundations and make sure I'm, I'm grounded in, in the right way, the starting point class. What else we got going? Well, we've, got, um, we've got our Discover MPC. If you're new to Meadow Park, this is just three weeks, but we wanna help you get the DNA of our church to sit down and understand what are these foundations of belonging, believing, becoming? How do I really integrate and, and find my place in this, in this body? That's so important. And then lastly, we've got a class, this, the fifth one is on Ephesians, a Bible study class to dive in deeper, to understand God's word and say, okay, I'm gonna do a deeper dive into this one book of, of scripture. And I'm gonna focus on it for a few weeks. This is a way that we can help you grow in your faith. And so you become a growing disciple. And I hope over the years that we continue to expand what we offer in those ways. And some of you maybe step forward, have some skills and, and some knowledge and some teaching that could lead some great courses. Talk to us, let us know how we can grow in faith and not just get stagnant or stuck. Or say, you know, I learned everything I got. I'm, you know, I'm, I've been a Christian a long time or I'm old and it's all done. no. Because even after growing disciple, there's a one last stage, and that is being a disciple maker. It's not just about how do I get discipled and how do I grow as a follower of Christ, but now how am I responsible in being a part of helping others belong, believe, and become? How do I invite others into community? How do I share my faith? How do I teach? How How do I worship together? How do I live that out out there in daily life? How do I use my gifts and my talents? We're gonna talk more about that next week in the becoming part of living that out because every one of us has a way that we can continue to grow. I was at a funeral this, this past week from, uh, from our dear uh, friend Katie Byerly. who missed her sitting right back there in that row just a couple of weeks ago. She was sitting there. And, and as uh, friends and family were sharing tributes, um, one person just shared, I think it was one of her family members, who said, you know, something about Katie, even though in her old age, she continued to learn, she was a growing disciple throughout her whole life. She had questions about scripture, she continued to want to lean in, she wanted to learn, she wanted to grow throughout her whole life. It's such a beautiful picture and that's the journey of discipleship. That's this constant pursuit of how do I experience life to the fullest in Christ. And we wanna be a part of that journey and so as I'm sharing these weeks with you, I hope you understand as a church that this isn't just about come to church on a Sunday morning for an hour and go home, and yes, I'm a part of Meadow Park and I'm a Christian. This is one part of it. It's about being part of the community of the church. It's about being a growing disciple and believing. It's about living that out, discovering our gifts and using what God has given us both here in the church and in the community, and what happens, the life that flows through, not just us, but together as a church, is transformative for us and for the world around us. And I pray that we would lean into those things, that we would understand how we grow as a a believer. So there you have it, the big story. Where are you in the big story? Wherever you're at, I hope that you can take a step forward. If you're in that stage of unbelief, maybe today, right now, this day, August 29th, 2021, or whenever you're watching. This is the day. It's always the day. This is the day for you to cross that line of faith to say, I surrender my life, God, here it is. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. I want to experience life in its fullness and its richness. I want to begin that journey. Why not today? Maybe you've been coming here for many years and you've never taken that step of faith. Why not today? Maybe it's baptism, you know what? Yes, I am all in. It is time for me to declare before everyone else, I wanna, I believe and I wanna be baptized. This is your moment, let us know. Let's talk about that. Maybe it's taking a step of growing in faith and saying, you know, I need to be around Christian community more. I need to take a, a course that helps me get grounded in my faith. I gotta get this, this, these foundations in my life so I can build my life on this truth that I know. I wanna take that next step. Where are you in that journey? What is God calling you to do? Let's bow our head in prayer. I just want you to reflect. What would you say in your soul you are feeling right now? How spiritually alive are you? You don't have to stay in a place where you are feeling dead or dry or stuck. There are ways in which God can help you take that next step to let God's spirit lead you to join together with the church to grow in our faith and to help one another on this journey. As we have our heads bowed, I just want to ask you, maybe are you here today or you're watching online today? You're saying today is the day. It's time. It's time for me to surrender my life to Christ, confess him as my Savior, as my Lord. If that's you this morning, would you let me know? Just take a look at me, raise your hand, let me know that you are making that commitment today that we can help you take those first steps and walk across, take that, that step of faith. If that's you today, maybe this is your day, let me know. I wanna be able to pray for you, absolutely. Yeah, I wanna pray for you. Who else? This is an opportunity. If you're watching online, if you're on Facebook, let us know. So reach out to us. We want to help you in this journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the space that we can create out, carve out in a crazy world where life is running at 1,000 miles an hour and, and, and all kinds of influences and, and thoughts and communication that's coming our way. God, we can create a place to turn our hearts and our minds towards you. Father, today, as we reflect on this big story that, that you have been writing from the dawn of time and throughout all eternity, thank you, God, that we're not just adrift in a meaningless, purposeless space and mass and here for a blip and we're gone, but God, that, that you've created us with purpose, with intention, with desire to love us, to know us, and to give us life to the fullest. Father, I thank you for each person within the sound of my voice, God. We are all in a different place on our journey. I pray that those who are seeking God would would take a step closer towards you to hear your voice, your spirit, to just be transformed, God. May we come alongside one another and help in that process. Father, for those here this morning today who who say this is the day I wanna give my life to you today, God, we celebrate that. We celebrate that newness of life. God, may this be a day that, that, that changes the day for all eternity, finding that hope and that peace in you, that forgiveness. God, we celebrate that. And we honor you in that. And Father, for those that have been believers for some time or for many years, God, may we never grow stagnant. May we continue to discover the richness of your love and your truth. May we continue to surrender more and more of ourselves to the leading of your spirit to grow in us. God, we wanna be growing disciples, full of faith in you, and able to speak of the wholeness in our soul. God, we surrender to you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.